Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 158. On this episode, we break down, thank God, finally, the Ramacraft Baca. It is in our possession, and uh, I've never been so excited to break down a cigar in my entire life. It's been like a year coming. So um, let's not waste any time. Let's get into it. I am struggling a bit. I've been feeling really overwhelmed when I walk into the humidor. There's just too many cigars to choose from, and I never know what to pick. I'll get the hot flashes. My IBS begins to act up from all the pressure of it. It'd be really nice if someone could just choose for me. Well, have you ever heard of my cigar pack? What in the dickens is my cigar pack? Well, I'll tell you. My Cigar Pack is a premium cigar club designed to cater unique packs to your door through an innovative platform that takes all the guesswork out of choosing those perfect cigars. Right you are, Corey. They send you five individual premium cigars, a reusable pouch with a Beveda pack, and an add-on item that complements your experience. You can choose from three different options, a mild medium pack, medium pack, or a medium full pack, and My Cigar Pack works hand-in-hand with real cigar experts and manufacturers to design each monthly combination. Yeah, and you can choose between their monthly subscription pack for $39.99 or a one-time purchase for $49.99, and shipping is always complimentary. Visit MyCigarPack.com today to sign up now. New customers will receive $10 off their first order. That's up to a 25% savings off your first pack. Type in promo code HOT10 at checkout to receive your $10 off. Again, visit MyCigarPack.com and enter promo code HOT10 at checkout to receive $10 off your first purchase. Get it, dongers. Jesse and yeah how how weird was that by the way yeah fuck those guys no I mean <laughs> no it was my fault oh it was yeah what you do so don't fuck those guys don't fuck those guys. I gave him the wrong fucking time oh because I forgot he was west coast oh yeah yeah anymore I always go like EST I usually do well then also yeah it was just th- there was I don't know a slight bit of confusion mm. um and I felt really off that day I did too Unless they weren't smart anyway, even if you gave them EST and they were like, wait, so they're thinking like three estimated? No, no. What I did was, so let me explain. Not that anyone gives a shit. But what I did was, yeah, no, weird. Sour mash. The sour mash. It was a bourbon smash. Um, so what I did was, is before I had them scheduled at five o'clock. Right. On that Friday. Right. I emailed him and said, hey, I want to do it. Can we do it on Thursday? Because I have Friday off. He said, yes, no problem. Okay. I went to send the update to him because they were both at, like I had it scheduled for five. I went to send the update or I went to change it on the calendar and I never sent the update to external invites. Oh, yeah. that would. So he remembered Thursday. But he had the other time. But he had Friday as his day. So I fucked it up, which... Bummer. But I will say, I felt not good that day. I felt off. Yeah. And I felt like it very much bled through the entirety of that interview. Yeah. And after listening to it, like, at when I was producing everything i was like oh it's not as bad as i thought it was don't you hate that when when you're in the mood you're like in the mode well i shouldn't say in the mood but when you're like in it 
you're like, oh god, this is rough. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you get after it, and you're like, oh, that's it that wasn't that bad. Yeah, it really wasn't bad. And I was just, and part of me was like, man, is like the chemistry off, and like is the timing off? Is it just me? Is it in my head? It was clearly in my head because after I listened to it again. There's actually some really funny parts, and it flowed really well. So I'm gonna be real. I wasn't. It wasn't think, disruptive. I think the odds were against us. The elements were against us anyway, because yeah. bro, we were hot boxing in a 95 degree garage. Yeah, I really don't like. I don't like doing the zooms. Personally, I get their effectiveness from a visual perspective. Yeah. But we also aren't set up to do them. Like, I fucking quickly ad hoc bought a couple headsets that I did a little bit better research on. But the problem even with that was if one of us wasn't muted and we were trying to talk, you could hear the other person in the other person's mic, which yeah. caused um, quality issues. And it's just like, you know, if we were to do a Zoom like that again, which we have interviews coming up after this week, yeah. If we're to do that again, we are have to gonna we're gonna have to do them in separate spaces. It doesn't make sense for us to do them in the same space. Yeah. If and the headset microphones give a, a, there's a higher sense of quality with them than yeah. there is with my table. So it's like it, you're sacrificing one thing to gain the other in both scenarios, and it's like it just kind of sucks. Like this setup we've done for a long time we're acclimated to we typically have people phone in and why do i always say phone in because it's the highest quality audio you're going to get is if people phone in you don't have to worry about bandwidth disruptions like going through skype or zoom it's a cellular signal we're used to hearing it it's like that's always seems to be the best way to do it mm-hmm. but it's it lacks visual representation which people really like especially yeah. these days so it's yeah. like i don't know damned if you do damned if you don't but yeah. It's all good either way. Let's just do it in VR. Dude, that would be kind of dope. It would be dope. Like a virtual, like a lounge virtual. Mm-hmm. But we have our own avatars. And so, like, it's not actually us physically. Yeah. It's literally like an avatar. So I'll be like maybe like a real slutty girl <laughs> from like an anime movie. Yeah, smoking a cigar. Yeah, well, I mean, you wouldn't see the cigar in the, in the virtual world. But why wouldn't you? Unless I programmed it. I think it'd be cool. Why not have a literal virtual lounge? Um, it's doable. Yeah, I know it's doable. Yeah. And if we had avatars, like I want to be a big fat slobby man. You know, it reminds me of an episode of Black Mirror where these two friends oh, yeah. play the video game together, but that then they sucks. suck each other off. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, but we're like, we're friends, man. It's just like it's fake. But it's like, is it though? No. No. It feels so Yeah, it's really creepy. Dude, I feel like because we've done so much interviews in the course of like the last two months, I feel like a chance to talk. We haven't had a chance to literally talk about anything. I know. Like there is shit going on in the world and we have not been able to say literally I mean in the cigar world and the world world. I feel like personal hours worth of shit to discuss. Yeah. Do you want to go through some like high level bullets? Sure. Uh, Start with personal. Okay. Um, dating someone wonderful. Yeah. Been dating her for almost a year. Yeah, but we've talked about that, haven't we? Have we? I don't know. Maybe we have. I'm having a daughter in November. That we have not talked about. Uh, I got custody of my son. We didn't talk about that either. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure 
Uh, I'm allergic to alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're drinking alcohol. But I'm drinking currently. it now. Uh, I th- apparently I don't think my body can metabolize the enzymes in alcohol, so I get real blotchy mm. and real funky. Yeah. And then I noticed I had one beer and I haven't had a beer in forever, and it made me nauseous. And then it bloated the shit out of me. Yeah, your your medical diagnosis is really weird a lot of times, though. Because you say what you tend to do yeah. is you tend to sound smart yeah. in your effort to try to create an understanding around what is going on in your body. Sure. Yeah. But then when I say, did you go to the doctor? You're like, nah, I just read it online. Yep. So... So you d- you talk about it as it's a definitive. Yeah, I do my own prostate checks. Too. But it's not. You I, just like fingering your own asshole. That's totally different. <laughs> but yeah. my, my point is, is that you aren't a medical doctor. Yeah. So when you read WebMD, which everything... I'm not certified. Right. Oh, I'm sure you've done surgery before. <laughs> I'm like I, I little totally kids. Have. Like my son, when he got his head whacked open, <laughs> like his head split open, I super glued it. You're like the uh, you're like the opposite of dad. What? Oh yeah, of dad. I thought you meant of a dad. No, okay. you're the opposite of dad. Yeah, for sure. Our dad. Like where you're like I don't need to go to the doctor for this. No. I'll home remedy figure it out yeah. or battle through it. Where dad gets a nosebleed and goes to the emergency room. I know. We had a <laughs> we had a covid scare on my girlfriend's side of the family. Yep, yep. Which turned out negative, but who knows? Doctor says it was a false positive or false negative, which is like why even take a test if you're going to put out false negatives. Yeah, there's a lot of false positives too though. So And then But we, a false negative tends to mean negative, a false positive tends to mean positive. Yeah, and then one of our cousins got covid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just found out the other day. Yep. I want COVID. Yeah, I'm desperately trying to get it. I know. Um, just so I can get on the other side of it. Yeah, work's been crazy. Um, I drink a lot. We're through way too many bottles of bourbon at the lounge. Yeah, no, that's all you. That's... I smoke so much cigars anymore. My lips are getting chapped. Does your lips ever get chapped when you smoke too much? No, my lips got really chapped from going to the dentist, though. That's I can because see that. they suck out all the moisture. And that's true, and, and the trauma of clamp it. your fucking face open. Oh yeah, my god, you had a tooth basically replaced. Uh, it's I still have one more appointment. Jesus, on the twenty third, but. I'm happy to report I am getting a bright gold crown. Hell yeah. So I'm going to have a gold tooth. Hell yeah. Which Lauren is very upset about. But I will say this. It has been proven, although more expensive, gold, gold crowns last a hell of a lot longer than porcelain crowns. Plus, when you're dead and gone, and 100 years from now, you someone's got some grave dig- robbers. Someone's digging through and they go, <laughs> and they come we across got your grave. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> It is, I think, 16 karat gold is what they use. Yeah, your face is going to be worth I'm so still, much more. I'm still waiting for the... Honestly, I'm, I'm still actually waiting for the, uh, for the quote on the gold one because they quote the porcelain and the dentist told me, they're like, hey, we'll have a quote to you by the end of day today or end of day yesterday. They didn't. Then they called me this morning and said, we'll have it by end of day today, which they haven't. So I'm still waiting on my, my quote. for. If it's too much money... I won't do it because insurance will essentially cover up crown replacements Yeah, like every five years. Because porcelain crowns only last five to 15 years. It's mm-hmm. like anything porcelain. It wears down over time Yeah, and will fall off. Like there, That shit happens. But, but by the way, 
so funky feeling when you when they're going in there and like structuring sure. the crown. Yeah. It feels like a Lego. Really just like snaps on like it literally snaps on. That's cool. Like it I mean they have to cement it on but it's they make it to where it fits a groove and your tooth looks like the the male end of a Lego. Ew, it's so fucking weird and they just like pop it on that's there. cool and like cemented in or something yeah my uh my temporary ones in right now which they were like no sticky foods and you can't floss because you'll just pop it right off <laughs> oh shit <laughs> which is not good so and my next appointment is not until three weeks so damn i've gotta i gotta be careful about making sure i'm not chewing taffy i was thinking about i was like what do i chew i don't even chew gum anymore so it's like what do i chew that's sticky or like tacky-ish yeah nothing Literally nothing. Like I floss though. That's the thing that makes me nervous because I'm so used to yeah. going to that flossing routine. And you imagine that thing popping out? Yeah, that'd be pretty annoying. It wouldn't hurt, but it would. Uh, it would definitely be annoying. See what else? What else happened in the last few weeks that we haven't talked about? Uh, actually, this is pretty crazy. Yesterday, actually. Oh shit. Um, what happened? I was gonna go pick up my son, and on the highway, I noticed a giant semi trailer hanging over the highway and the truck was 30 feet below it wow 35 that dude dead and there was like 50 people lined the side of the highway looking down do you think he died i don't know let's look it up i didn't care too much to research or look it up and and the other part of me was like do i stop i was like no they got 50 people how how did you not want to look this up hold on i got what was it i got a photo of it uh, semi truck goes over the edge of thirty five. Hold on. Oh man, we've got to look this up. Fatal semi truck crash. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> wait on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, victim. Uh, oh wait, dude, no, that was. Oh yeah, seven seven twenty twenty. So it was a seven seven. It literally happened a minute or two before I got there. What was yesterday? Yeah, it was the tenth. Oh, hold on. Some pretty wild shit, though, man. I blame COVID on that crash. Uh, I can't find it. Because it's possible. I don't know. I'll look it up later. I got a photo of it. Yeah, it's possible. But, dude, that's imagine how scary that would be. Oh, my God. If you're the one in the truck and you're just, like, watching your, essentially, uh, impending death. Yeah. You're staring straight at the ground like, well, that's going to kill me for sure once I hit. I was extremely annoyed by the new joe coy thing on netflix because i thought it was a stand-up and it's just literally a philippines like not philippines where's he from yeah i thought he's from hawaii no he's from philippines i think it's philippines no he has he has family lives in hawaii though but it's literally just him like showing off the culture of the philippines i was like i want (laughs) stand-up he just did a stand-up special i know but the one i just saw i thought was a stand-up and it's not why would you think he would do a stand-up like three months apart i don't know because he's weird like his last one, well, his last one came out in February, but no, they don't, they don't do stand up that frequently. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. He's going to stand up in like the Philippines, like where's no mo- his mother's from or something. <laughs> and then it like, it's like five minutes of jokes in front of the audience. And the rest of it is just videos of like him hmm. in the Philippines, like showing hmm. off the culture. Yeah. I was like, eh, I'm done. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. Care not. I do, I do not care. Not enough attention span for stuff like that. No, I don't at all. Like if it's got like werewolves. Or like magic, or it was like back in some medieval time era. I yeah. feel like you secretly would like Twilight. 
Um, I've watched it enough, yes. I've watched it enough. <laughs> and when I mean enough, I mean you like... the wolves? I mean like 30 plus times each of them. Interesting. Did you see the new Jim Jeffrey special? No, I saw it though. I saw it. Hysterical. I need to watch it tonight. So funny. <laughs> yeah, I need to watch it tonight. So see people that like... There's so much bad happening in the world. And don't get me wrong. Like we've got a fucking electron microscope focused on that shit right oh yeah for but sure. the thing is is there's so much beautiful things happening in the world there's so many good things that are completely being ignored not really though what like what um babies being born it's not good right now well babies that- are being born in an economy that we don't know if we can support babies for every covid death there's a new baby <laughs> you know that's what we don't need. What we, need we need COVID to do its duty by wiping out the population we don't need any longer. What we're doing is clearing bed space. That's the important part. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, we're not having to build new buildings. It's just yeah. like, that person died, that was his bed, now you have it. How pissed do you think assisted living facilities are right now? Oh my God, probably crazy. They're probably like, God damn it, like, stop killing the people who make us so much goddamn money. I know. We're trying to extend their lives in a very, very horrible way for a very long, drawn-out time. I know. I know, it's just... But there is, there's just a lot of good things happening in the world, too. I can't really name any, but I know they're there. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. they gotta be there. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta be a half, you know, like a glass half full type guy. You know what I'm saying? I will put it this way: for the first time in my life, and like probably the recent month, month and a half, I felt like I was actually battling some sort of depression. Probably where I was thinking like dark thoughts. Well, I was. Th- oh. You know, you know what was frustrating for me? Not dark thoughts. It was oh. like, not suicidal. <laughs> um. But he was drinking a lot, and yeah. it seemed like Groundhog's Day, rinse and repeat, get up, go through the motions, the whole yeah. thing, right? And I began to think about, like, I'm 32 years old. I'll be 33 next month. These, like, literally and, like, legitimately supposed to be the best years of my life. And up until this year, they have been. Every year progressively yeah. has gotten better and better in all aspects of my life. Yeah. And I think to myself, like, everything that's going on, and I know this is, like, a selfish way to think, but I was like, is this literally how the best years of my life I'm going to live them and I'm going to spend them? Not being able to go out, wearing a mask all the time, which I'm not complaining about the mask, but you understand my point. Like, yeah. Like, there, there's not going to be any normalcy for I don't know how long. It could be three months. Could be yeah. three years. Who it knows? could be fucking 30 years. I don't know. And we got that super volcano under Yellowstone that's ready to pop. Dude, I, I literally said, I was like, the next thing will just... It, this is a global pandemic. Did you see the comet in France? Then there's all the racism shit. Dude, next, it's just going to be an asteroid. It's going to fucking smack the shit out of the earth. We're all going to die. That's what I'm saying. And I was a little worried because, like, so much shit's happening, like... Yeah, everything goes. And I saw yeah. a footage of a comet or an asteroid going past France. I'm like, that's how fucking zombie apocalypse start. Have you seen those 80s movies? Yeah. That's how zombies are created. Right. You know, it's like some weird comet goes by the earth. Everybody just turns into dead, the walking dead. Right. And then you got to fight off everybody, your loved ones. It's like, I love you, but I can't, I can't do it. And then no, you, listen, then I, you, then I you, love Lauren, but I will, I will chop her head her, off. Then you axe her in the top of the head, and you're, yeah. like, <laughs> and you're holding her, and she just smells, and you're like, ugh. Just but like I decaying. still love you. 
You yeah. just smell like a dirty vagina and necrosis. Yeah. You know, but you still love them. And you're like, well, now what do I got to do? Well, now, now I got to put on some gear to make it look official. I got to walk out my front door and never look back. I got to join a group of other survivors. Right. I've got to band together. We've got to make agriculture somewhere in the Midwest because that's the only place you can really do it because cities are off limits. There's way too many zombies. You got to do it out in the middle of nowhere. Then you find out that the slut you've been sleeping with is the same slut that's been sleeping with everybody else. And you're like, oh, I hate these people. Yeah. And then you start hating people more than you do the zombies. And then you go out by yourself and you decide, should I just fucking just be a zombie or kill myself? You know? Did you just play out The Walking Dead? <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. I think, honestly, your best bet would just to be come over here. Would probably be your best bet. That would be the good first step. I don't have any weapons. I know. I do have some really nice Viking steel like, also, cutlery. Also really funny that you just let all these people know <laughs> i have no weapons my address is also <laughs> yeah come save me <laughs> you'd we'd be safe here for a short period of time yeah but we would have to upgrade meaning that we'd have to take someone's place over that's true and but we're gonna have a lot of downtime too so we're gonna probably have to stock up on board games yeah maybe some card games like you know yeah so that's easy but that's Something how people, compact and carryable but that's how people die in the apocalypse because you start hating people. Yeah. You'd be playing a, 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 you, what you thought was a friendly game of Uno. Before you know it, you shoot them in the head. Right. Because they're like, God damn, those fuckers were cheating. Yeah. And I caught them cheating. And you shoot them in the head. A board game anarchy, dude. Yeah. Shit's crazy. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for, uh, I'm waiting for like level three. You know what I mean? We're at level <laughs> two right now. And like, I'm waiting for, like, when does, when does planet Earth fight the boss? It's totally. got to be coming. Oh, yeah. It's got to be coming. Yeah. Like, I'm waiting for some... What do you think the next apocalyptic event is? If this was, like, the ten... What is it? The, uh, like, the, the seven, like... Deadly sons? Well, the seven... I thought there was, like, something that's, like, with Moses. And there was, like, locusts. There's, like, it's, like, a term. I forget what it's called. Oh, I don't know. Where, like, the locust came. The shit and happens. And then famine happened. Right. I just wonder what the next one is after this COVID. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you thin the herd just slightly, you get people rattled, and then you hit them with a fucking curveball. What's that curveball? Yeah, I was thinking, like, remember that movie, The Core? Yeah. Where, like, the core stopped moving. stops moving, you gotta nuke it. Yeah. Just start, like, it's like, restart. It's like a defibrillator, essentially, for the middle of the earth. I feel like it's gonna be more like something like The Core. It's not gonna be... It's not going to be something, or it could be. It could be something extraterrestrial. I don't know. But I don't think it's going to be like in the form of a comet or an asteroid or a meteor. Don't know the difference between any of the three of them. I don't think it's going to be anything like that. I think it's going to be, part of me thinks it's going to be a a large event nature-wise on the Earth. Not COVID. I mean like like a super earthquake or like Mm. Yellowstone, that whole thing, right? It's going to be like some super fucking crazy thing that happens with the earth or it's going to be self-inflicted. What if it's like, what if what happens is like, there's a major earthquake event and what it does is it cracks an opening in the earth, which exposes something that's been buried there for so long. 
Like I was watching Reign of Fire the other day. God, I love that movie. Yeah. With oh, Christian you should drag it. Sorry, I'm yachting. And maybe like there's an earthquake and then it opens up some deep cavernous prison where the dragon has been living for so long in dormancy. You think so? And then out of nowhere. That would be interesting. Dragon comes up. It manages to breed so fastly that we don't know yeah. what to do other than fight it with all the firepower we have in this world, including no nukes, nukes. and yep. like wiping out half of our population. And then before you know it, we resort to living underground with other factions of people deep in the countryside where we have to create our own agriculture and live by our own prayers. Keep both eyes open to the sky. When you're sleeping, keep one eye open to the sky. You know? Yeah. That type of shit. Looking out for dragons. But then we got to kill the male. That's the tricky part. You got to be able to find the male, the original dragon. Yeah. That's the one responsible for basically fucking all the female dragons that and he made. And considerably larger yeah, than all the females. Considerably larger. And yeah. And we got to create a group, a group of people that jump out of helicopters called the Archangels. And their job is to, to specifically snare dragons in the air right. so that they may crash to the ground and we may kill them and use them as meat because trying to keep cattle in an open field with dragons flying around is, is impossible. fucking impossible you know what i never understood about those archangels what is that, that they're so goddamn vulnerable <laughs> they're totally vulnerable <laughs> they're they're just shooting down the sky in one direction all of them die <laughs> and the dragons are literally weaving in and out of them like you are nothing all of them died in the movie that was <laughs> you are an ant to the dragon shoe. Yeah. Like, at any time can destroy you, and does. Yeah. Yeah, they were trying to do the, in the part with, like, the triangulation beacons. Yeah, and they're like, they're like, the longest <laughs> they live is, like, 17 seconds. Dude, they do not last long. No. And they're going through thick cloud cover, so they can't see shit yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's fucking You don't crazy. think the dragon who lives in the clouds doesn't know how to navigate cloud cover? No shit. You're a human skydiver. And the thing about dragons is they have such great eyesight and even greater eyesight at night. But if you really want to take it down a dragon, the happy hour, the magic hour is around dusk because of the bright sunlight that comes over the horizon really right. fucks with their vision. So that's the only time we're really ever going to be able to kill a dragon. Should an earthquake happen after this COVID incident? Should there be some deep cavernous hole in the middle of the Uncovered. earth that imprisoned a dragon? Right. You know, but if that happens, I think we've got a game plan. Do you think it's more realistic that dragons exist in this apocalyptic scenario? Or if we're talking about a cavernous, let's say something underground in a series of like like a ball rock? catacombs is going to be like the creatures from the descent. Yeah, like like or like the Balrog from Lord of the Rings, that deep demonist thing that lives so far underneath like the ground. No, nah, I think that's I think that's too I it's think too that's Tolkien. Too, I think it's too mythical. <laughs> is that too Tolkien? <laughs> but you don't think you don't think that as we've discovered creatures deep in the ocean, that creatures don't exist deep into our mantle. Or that, or that into the crust of the earth. Or a subspecies of us have evolved in a place of the world. Yeah, that's that literally the movie Descent. I know. That would be creepy as shit. Yeah, they look like vampires. Like, they're all pale and, and they're shit. Like, oh. And they're like... I think that... Like, rip you up. In my opinion... They're blind. I honestly think... I think that that scenario is more realistic than a dragon. You think? Yeah, did you see that person's driveway that collapsed? Oh, like at a sinkhole? 
Yeah, so a person's driveway collapsed, and it was an entire, they discovered an entire cave system underneath their house. Whoa! And, like, these dudes went down and walked the entire cave system. There was, like, underwater, like, streams and shit. That's They're cool. walking through, and it's ginormous. The cave system is fucking That's massive. That's cool. I gotta look that up. It was crazy. Like, the driveway just goes, and then these guys, I mean... I don't know, archaeologists, who, 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 spelunkers, I don't know, cave divers. People went down into the goddamn cave yeah. and, dude, they walked for like, they walked forever. Like, the, oh, it's shit. fucking huge. It goes all the way underneath this neighborhood and it's this giant cave system. You cannot tell me there's not something living down there. It's very possible. The only thing you need to ensure that there's a food supply for them, right? Because if you can't find food, then the chances of them surviving down there is nil. But you know that minerals exist in those spaces. That's what stalactites and stalagmites are. Yeah. It's minerals Mineral composition, found in water. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't... Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not taking any cards off the table on this apocalypse. Yeah. You know? It could be anything. Dragons, weird subspecies of the Homo sapien that literally would devour us if they came across us. Yeah. You know? Maybe... All trees die and we suffocate because there's no more oxygen in the world. Do you think there's a possibility of something like um, an animalistic uprising, similar to like the movie Birds, but Ooh. maybe but maybe a coordinated effort between all animal species against the human race? Because here's the thing: we are undoubtedly not only are we so ego driven as yeah. just humanity's existence, yeah. But in addition to that, we're fucking destroying things all the time. Always, yeah. Right? Earth's natural resources. We take more than we give. We, we, oh, we take way more than we give. We're shitty fucking people. We're shitty fucking creatures. We're fucking shitty. We're shitty because we, 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 can, we can provide logic and we can provide reason things. We have critical thinking skills. And we use those to a shitty advantage. We could use them for good or we could use them for bad as... as as humanity, as a species, we've used them for more bad than we have good, right? Yeah. Now, that being said, is there ever a possibility within animalistic evolution yeah. that the animals communicate with one another in like what would be considered a hostile human species takeover? Well, I, I am pretty confident. Dude, why has no one made a movie about that? That squirrels, rabbits, and birds do communicate. But it'd be the cutest uprising ever. <laughs> Let's get them. <laughs> you see like a it's bunny so just cute. hopping towards it's you. It's like, oh, look at it. <laughs> it goes for the jugular. <laughs> Dude, I think it's weird no one's made a movie that highlights an animal's ability to communicate with another animal species yeah. to take over the human race. Well, I think they probably could if we gave them all that. Like, It's kind of like the movie Madagascar, that, though, if we're being that honest. That Google Translate device. Like, if all animals got that Google Translate device where they could yeah. talk to someone else that they don't know their language. Right. You know, they could just got to put the, they just got to put the bunny language on there. Like, do you, do you think language. there's ever like a squirrel? squirrel let's, language. let's say you, you're going into your backyard, you're yeah. scratching your nuts early in the morning. Yeah. You've just made your drip coffee. That's bad for squirrels, by the way. You're watching, you're just looking out on the horizon in yeah. your backyard. And there's a bird and a squirrel on the fence. And they're just looking at the... Yeah, like, they're literally communicating with one another, looking at you going, who the fuck's this guy? It's very likely. Like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Yeah. And I'm sure that squirrel's up, perched up on that, that little banister looking at me. goes, I really want them nuts as I'm scratching mine. Yeah, probably. You know. Yeah. I know he's got nuts in his pants. Yeah. 
Squirrels are always looking for nuts. They're more like grapes. Real Dude, small grapes. We we're ha- some some species of animals hiding peanuts up in our windowsills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time we open the windows, fucking peanuts fall out. They know what's up. They're hoarding. I know. It's driving me nuts because I don't know if it's a squirrel or if it's birds. They're stocking up, man. They're stocking I think up they're for taking, the apocalypse. I think they're taking the peanuts from my neighbor's bird feeder and they're stuffing them up in our windows because <laughs> every time we open a window peanuts just fall out every time it's cool for me because it's like a vending machine machine snack it's just like, like i open oh, a window and peanuts. it's just a couple peanuts that i can yeah, munch on that's true yeah oh it has been a uh it has been atrociously hot here it all oh, that's, that's true and now here's the thing it's been really hot across the united states we're not the only ones feeling the heat wave but what i would say is being the beginning of july We've had more 90-plus degree days than we've had anything else in the series of two weeks. Yeah. And that is insanely uncommon for where we live. It is. It gets hot, but it never really gets this hot. And there was no graduation of the weather. No, it went 55 degrees to 95 degrees. Yeah, man. It's been wild. I think today is one of the more mild days, and that's only because there's a breeze that's coming through. I think the high today is, what, 86, 87? That's That's the next wave. Just heat. Of the apocalypse. It's a heat wave. The sun... Is expanding. Yeah. Because it's dying. Yeah, but here's the thing. Just get it over with. Yeah, it's slow. It takes several billion, trillion years. I'd kill myself. I mean, I'm not waiting that long. I mean, not if, like, the sun burned out and I knew there was a billion years. Yeah. But if, like, the sun burned out and it was, like, you have a year and three days before... Mm-hmm. You, you're totally fucked. Like in the last few days, I'm just going to kill myself. Well, the question is, we got to ask ourselves. This. I'm not going to let it kill me. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? <laughs> Do you believe in God? Knowing that that's happening. Me? Yeah. No. Well, then here's what I'd say. Throw out all moralistic beliefs. Throw out all ethics. If you don't feel like you're going to go to hell knowing that you're going to die in a year because the sun's going to engulf you in solar hot radiation, right? Yeah. Melt you into nothing. You're saying enact the purge? Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> fucking do whatever you want. Do some hood rat shit? Do whatever you want. Yeah, like, like literally go and fly a plane. Yeah. Without any lessons. Yeah. Just take a plane up and hope for the best. Yeah. Punch a small child. They always say takeoff is easy. It's yeah. landing that's tough. Landing's the tough part. <laughs> so if you're going to go out, you get up fucking 30,000 feet in that plane and you make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, I would do that. I would do that. I would do that or um, I, I would do something. I would do an activity that at the end of it, it almost ensured my death. Like heroin. I would for sure eat so much to see how fat I can get. Oh, you just die Within though. a year. Well, that's oh, you're giving yourself time. Yeah, so I'm gonna like you know if I got a year and three months until this sun cooks me, let's see if I can get to six hundred pounds. Your logic is let's see if the sun gets me before cardiac arrest does. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and everybody's placing bet like Vegas bets on whether or not you're gonna die before the sun does. Sure. Yeah, I would also probably take up racing. I think the idea. Oh, that would be fun. Like racing at like two hundred miles an hour, just all the time. Yeah, I would be. I think. And I don't even think it would just be you or I, but I think people who have been, I don't want to say reserved necessarily, but have just assessed risk in their own lives yeah. as to not end their time on earth too yeah. quickly yeah. are likely going to be the people that go into the fucking sand dunes and, and go 300 miles an hour in a fucking straightaway rocket. Yeah. What do you think? You're the- going to try some shit that most people are not willing to try. What do you think the world's greatest minds would do 
if they knew the world was going to burn on the surface, right? Maybe it's not the sun's going to like engulf us and just obliterate the earth, but right. what if it's just like the surface of the earth would be so inhospitable? Yeah. And so hot that no one could survive on it. Yeah. Like, what do you think the world's greatest minds would do to preserve our survival? Well, here's the thing. You aren't going to colonize other planets because the sun is going to affect them equally as it does the earth. For sure. Right? So you can't do that. Right. Um, so your only other bet is to go in to the crust of the earth. Right. Right. Where so the you, descent people are. Where the descent people are. So you're battling the descent people. <laughs> this is not looking good. <laughs> well, first of all, in their territory. And there's probably <laughs> dragons down there too. Probably dragons. Last thing you because want to- <laughs> we know that dragons live in the mines. <laughs> so it's like, it's like you find a cavern. It's like, we found a cavern. <laughs> it's got a fucking dormant dragon in it. Um, I think the world's greatest mines are not because here's the thing, if you're that smart, you're smart enough to know you cannot ensure survival. You're going to think about it hard enough to come to the conclusion that it simply cannot exist. You're going to come to terms with it, and then you're, you're just going to do what you have to do in that time period, whatever that may be, whatever you've wanted to do. Spend time with your family, whatever it may be. I wonder if they would do a global Titanic move. Where it's like, the women and children first! <laughs> uh, I, but like, where would you go? I guess just again can't colonize another planet. You'd have to. Isn't go- our galaxy also merging with another galaxy? At oh this yeah, current period in time. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard about that, and I was like, "Well, that's frightful." Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Jesus Christ. What are we getting ourselves into? Here's my thing. Lauren and I had this discuss. This may be. <laughs> I don't want to say this is dark, but yeah, we had this discussion the other day, and you know, we've talked about kids. Obviously, okay. we're we're at that age. And uh, is it the right time to bring a child into this world? We literally had that discussion because we were both just like, we hear all this shit, we see all this shit, we expose it. And really, honestly, we make fun of what we're talking about right now. Yeah. But the realization is like between like COVID-19 and some of the other shit that's going on in the U.S. right now and which affects the rest of the world. Yeah. Those things that are happening that are currently occurring literally all over the place it doesn't not affect anybody in the u.s are so minute really in comparison to the things that we're talking about even just joking Mm -hmm. like there could literally be something that ends our existence in a moment right so like i started thinking about this and like thinking about COVID 19 and just like we're dealing with all these issues and they're very stressful Yeah. yeah and it's a weird time and so we had that discussion i was like god do like do i even want like, do I want my child to be responsible for figuring this shit out? Oh, yeah. In 20, 30 years. Versus, do I want to put my kid through that? Versus just being shot onto a bedcloth. Right. Being a shower baby, a drain baby. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> In her eggs, you know. A fucking splatter on, you know. And her eggs just exiting in a thick vat of tomato soup. Right. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> my point is, yeah. My point is, is like, is it even? It's not even. Is it appropriate? It's almost like, is it responsible? Is it a responsible thing to do at this point? Knowingly, I think it's a bucket list item. You know what I think it is? I think it's. There's a part of me that really feels it's selfish. Having a child, like having, like in this particular point in time with so much uncertainty in the world, like I, I think it's selfish. 
I think it's selfish to like, for me, like if, if I'm a dad who wants a kid, it's selfish for me to be like, bring a kid in this world because that's what I want, knowing that this kid's existence is going to be filled with hardships, mm. most likely. Mm. It's a very selfish thing. Yeah, it is. And that's tough for me to think about and fathom. It is. Because every time, think about this. Even so, this this is what I find ironic. We have we need more bourbon. We have better we have better technology at our fingertips. We have better better healthcare at our fingertips. We have a more advanced society. We have more in the way economically to give us advancement and wealth and all these things. All these things that we say we should want and that we've determined that we want as a society. I say all these great things. They're at our fingertips currently. Mm. But every single time you've talked to somebody who's lived a long period of time. Case in point, my grandmother-in-law literally has said when she was a child, the world was so much better than it is now. Hmm. By the way, that was the 1930s where shit really sucked. Yeah. Economically sucked, medically sucked, technologically sucked. But why is it a better time? Why do I always hear older people, dad's generation, go, when I was a kid, times were way better than they are now. I feel bad for you kids. Because they're younger. That's crazy to me. Because they're younger. Think about it. 60-year-old 60 year old plus, you know, you sit at home, you read the newspaper if you still fucking got a subscription to the Dayton Daily News. You sit there, you get senile, you watch the news, you get jaded. Yeah. You know, you're just a retired person with no... Yeah, but this is... My, my point is, this is somebody who has lived as a child, as a teenager, as an adult, as we have. Yeah. And they're saying, I wouldn't want to be in the position you're at as a child, as a teenager, as an adult. My, my childhood, mm-hmm. they're saying, is better than what we have presented to us today. I guess it's just perspective, man, because it's like... Then I hear the hardships of like our grandma and her mom. Th- that's my point, though. That's what doesn't make sense to me. But I feel like it's biased, though. Is it? To a personal experience. We haven't lived in both times, and they have. No, but I just think it's biased to the individual's experience of what life was like. I don't know. You know? I'm your brother, right? I don't like it either way. I'm your brother. But we are two different people. With two very different thoughts on life, experiences. So would you say, like, our childhood was better than dad's childhood or mom's childhood? Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. But I bet if you were to ask them, they would say, I don't know how you kids dealt with what you dealt with. Well, Dad, I mean, he was being literally hooked to a clothesline that he could only run up and down because he was running off in the neighborhood. Right. And Grandma didn't know what to do with him but hook him like a chained animal. But also, wasn't there kind of more of a sense of simplicity and freedom back then? That's true. But you know why? Because they were not educated. The access of information. Yeah, I get it. I think that's a really big thing. I think... If I could provide any words of wisdom to anybody listening to the show, going down this deep rabbit hole of yeah, what life we, means. We really did. Of what, we really went yeah, fucking hard in the paint on of this. Of what life means, 
is if I had to turn back the clocks of time and do things a little differently, this is what I would do. Turn back the hands of time. Whatever. What did I say? <laughs> the clocks of time. <laughs> Maybe there's multiple clocks. <laughs> Maybe there's multiple clocks. Time is a constant, but it can be changed based on the laws of physics. Like when Superman went in reverse? Correct. So, <laughs> but here's what I want to say. If you want to live a happy life, this is my words of wisdom to everyone listening to this show or watching, which right. you're seeing me just get more and more bloated drinking this bourbon. Here's the thing. If you want to live a happy life, right. live a simple and innocently, innocently naive life in your own bubble. And the only way to do that is you've got to disconnect yourself from all of the outside distractions and noise and news and other people's bullshit on social media. Didn't Ted Kaczynski do that and then he murdered a lot of people? Yeah, but if he was by himself, who's he going to murder himself? Yeah, but he murdered, he was the Unabomber. But all I'm saying is... And he was in isolation. Is I feel like isolation is the key to happiness. <laughs> Wasn't that like uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson? <laughs> Wasn't he like living in a little shack and shanty yeah. as he was writing? Be off the grid. Go in isolation. You want to live a happy life? Learn to survive first. I recommend that because you're just going to die real quickly. I don't... I would disagree with you. Yeah? Only in the sense that I think there's a lot of happiness derived from... Human interaction. Human interaction. and Maybe a small community. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm thinking like living like a fucking tribe. There's an right. island out in the middle of the southeast. Uh, yeah, but they kill Pacific. people. They do, but only if you come not even, at them. Not even that long ago, some fucking Bible thumping Christian went there to save them and they fucking darted him like 30 times. Because they didn't understand fashion. They saw this person dressed up in nice garb. And they're like, why am I naked? And that motherfucker is wearing God knows wherever he got that silk. Yeah, I heard they're genuinely not good people. But think about the simplicity of life. They probably are really happy. I mean, these You're talking about like Amazonians. And- yeah, I mean, these people literally wear hand-woven gloves with bullet ants that go inside the gloves for you to like test your manhood. Yeah, but don't you think it's, there's something to be said for the decreasing population of those tribes? Well, they never expand. I mean... But why? Because they only live to 45. <laughs> they don't even live to birthing age. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about... They don't have modern medicine. So how is that the best life if it's one that can no longer be lived? Because it's simple. Mm. I it's could argue simple. this one Could easily. you imagine throwing an aborigine into like a room where he just had to watch Fox News the entire yeah, I mean, isn't it called Jungle to Jungle <laughs> with Tim Allen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty sure there was a movie made about that. If I was an aborigine, it's like, listen, I've survived a boar attack. I've lost my right arm to an alligator. I'm still alive. I still hunt for my food. I still provide for my family. My wife's nipples are down to her fucking knees. <laughs> but if I have to watch this right. fucking news station... From right. MSNBC or BBC or Fox News, I will literally end my life. Yeah. 
It's a simple life, man. I don't know. I'm not saying it needs it's, it needs to be a life filled with things, but I don't know that that simplistic of a lifestyle, which is weird because that can get on a whole other tangent of like I was. Um, God, dude, this could go forever. That's okay, man. I we, was we got a lot to catch up on. I was listening to a podcast with a guy who understands at a very detailed level what Bitcoin is. Oh God, yeah. And how it's relative to the but currency with, system that current like that with exists. Cryptocurrency, yeah. Right. So one of the things that intrigued me about what this guy said was he was like, Why is money money? You know, how did money get created? Well, it's because we no longer used a bartering system. Correct. As as a species to say, okay, I have this, you have this, let's trade. You've, right? got, a Bar- pig, you've got a pig and I've got like 20 pounds right. of corn. Then somebody created a currency. That currency was relative to how you would purchase goods. This right? is worth one pig. Right. This, this thing, this object is worth something. I right? don't have my 20 pounds of corn, but I got this one thing that's it worth It comes a, that saying where pig. people are like, that isn't even worth the paper it's written on, right? Like sure. that saying, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, what makes Bitcoin different? And Bitcoin is different because it doesn't exist under, like, we have the Federal Reserve, government. which, by the way, is not part of the government. It's not no. controlled by the government. It's controlled the, by the banks. The Federal Reserve is a private entity, essentially. Yeah. It's not government-backed yeah. by anything. Yeah. But the Federal Reserve dictates at any given time currency creation. Yeah, Bruce Willis dealt with that with Samuel L. Jackson and... Right. Uh, die hard for. Right. Exactly. The Federal Reserve. Right. So the fluctuation of money, what gets printed, how much gets printed at a particular period of time right. is all controlled by the Federal Reserve. The unique thing, what I found out about Bitcoin is that there's no way to cheat the system. Like everything is always being like there. It's essentially like if you buy Bitcoin, there's always because of like the way that things are kept track of. There's, there's always a transaction history, right? There's always these layers sure. to like where there's not in typical currency. I could give you a dollar right now. I could literally give you a dollar and it isn't trackable. Correct. There's nothing to say that this dollar exchange from my hands to your hands, unless you and I contractually agree, I write something on a piece of paper, document it through you know, camera, footage, whatever. Chris, yeah. here's the serial number on this dollar bill. It's now your dollar bill. Transaction, I sign over a contract and say, this is your dollar bill. Yeah, this would kill you can the do, tattoo industry. You could do that with money. Yeah. But with Bitcoin, everything is transactionally based through, through servers, through a computer, mm-hmm. and everything is documented. Yeah. Everything is tracked all the time. So I think it was like every 10 minutes is a reoccurrence of them updating the system for all like individual transactions. Yeah. From Bitcoin currency. And from a security standpoint with blockchain, which I don't really want to get too deep into, but blockchain is the ability to provide uh and don't uh, apologies for anybody who's a serious blockchain expert, but from my understanding blockchain is the ability to provide a um almost like a security level of preventing fraudulent activity. Yeah. Um, for digital transactions. Hmm. And it's like each person is part of the chain and they provide a little snippet of data and encryption that someone who's hacking into it would have to be able to decipher the, uh, the encryption that each person has that's part of the whole of the blockchain. So it's like 
it's easy to hack a bank because it's one database. But with blockchain, you have to go across multiple people that have a piece of that puzzle right. to even like hack it. So the more people there are, like the crazier and harder it is to actually like hack it. And they do that a lot with, a lot with this digital currency shit. It's really cool. Yeah, it was like I was really after watching this guy, and I'm like, obviously sound like a riri when I'm saying this, mm-hmm. uh, but it was super interesting. Where I was like, oh, that's why Bitcoin makes sense. Like that's why people got into it and continue to get into it. And it could be, it could be safely handled too. That's what they were a, talking about from a security standpoint. Like that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Right. It's not something that is carried. It's not something that is on a person. Like the exchange of Bitcoin happens transactionally through servers. Yeah. It doesn't happen transactionally through me handing something off to somebody. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. It's so weird too. Like the whole the whole idea around it is just that like really shit would be so useless if we hit an apocalypse though. Yeah, it'd be very useless. I mean you couldn't use it at We're all. We're gonna go right back to corn and pigs. Oh, it'll go back to straight to the barter system. You know what? We should probably get into this review now that yeah. I think about it. Um, we do have a review today. Really excited about sure this do. one. Got our hands on um, a cigar that was released at IPCPR back in 2019. Sold out very quickly. Uh, that is none other than the Romacraft Baca. Yeah, man. It's kind of a crazy... What's crazy is like we've been waiting to smoke this for fucking ever. For a long, long, long I time. I can't tell you how many times we had to pester Romacraft. To like, can we get a Baca? I don't even care if I pay for it. I don't even care if I have to pay it at a premium. I don't care if I've got to suck someone's dick. Right. You would do that. I need a Baca. Yeah. And we couldn't get one. Nope. We found out it was because it was a supply and demand issue, basically. Yeah. So what was strange was, is Danny sent us a couple samples of the Baca. Baca. And then just two weeks ago, I'm at a cigar lounge in Columbus, and they had a whole box of vodka sitting there. I was like, what? What the fuck? It was a tender box, and the great thing about it was is that they put it out, and clearly no one knows the fuck it was, because um, people in Columbus are dum-dums. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and grab a few of these. You know what? Is this the time? Is this the review? Is this the review we do? Is this the review, Corey? Where we introduce a new scoring system? I think, I think we are at that time. You know what they are, right? We did go over them, and you have access to what that is? Nope. Sure don't. I looked for the file and couldn't find it. Just look for mine. Just look for mine. Don't know where it's at. 2020 reviews. But then I have to go back into my file to find my score. Okay. Well. You should put it in my file, which is the main you file. You just give me, you whisper percentage, not in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> that i can do then we'll figure out where it lands okay um so chris and i had a discussion um i don't know if it's because we just intentionally like to buck the trend or if it is actually meaningful or i'm just still really dumbs. i'm still really not sure but we had a discussion we were talking about this Last late last week and one of the things to me that gets tiring about this industry and um, I would say hypocritically, Chris and I jumped on board 
because when we love reviewing, I say reviewing cigars, but I really just mean like having a conversation about what we like and dislike about cigars, right? Taking certain factors into consideration, as most people would if you're sitting around the lounge smoking a cigar, right? We just happen to put a defined process around it. I wouldn't say we're expert reviewers. I wouldn't say that we are we have these fucking crazy expanded palettes that understand all these subtle flavor nuances. Um, We simply just like to give our opinion. That's what we do. But like everybody else, like most publications, like most websites that people review, we associated our process with a score. Always. There's always an outcome of a score because that's essentially what this industry has dictated over a period of time. It's It's like taking an exam in high school. Right. It's like, Chris, you did really good on this English exam. You get a 91%. That is an A minus. Right. So we've, we've, we have, we piggyback off that effort and we create an associated score with our defined process. And then we had this discussion last week and I brought it up to Chris and I said, who gives a fuck about a score? Why does the score matter? Why does it matter when the only thing that matters and what we discuss on here is a recommendation we make or not a recommendation that we make on a particular cigar? What is our opinion and what are we going to tell to the collective masses as far as an actionable thing that they can do when it comes to this cigar that we're discussing? Yeah. So the scoring system remains in place. The way Chris and I break down the criteria remain in place. However, the outcome is changed for the collective consumer, we're not, not telling audience. you a number. You aren't going to understand what the number score is. What you're going to understand is how that translates into our recommendation or not recommendation of a particular cigar. And to be frank with you, I'm just gonna we're just gonna throw out some examples here, right? Right. If it's a cigar that's beloved that we love, right? If it's top of the food chain, alpha, right? Apex predator of cigars. That's the hot ticket, baby. That's the hot ticket. That's, That's the number the hot one. Hot ticket. If it is an exceptional cigar, worthy of the pros of the cigar industry, it comes highly recommended. Why shouldn't it? Right. Right. If it's anything below that, maybe it's a decent smoke to try. Maybe slightly polarizing. Maybe not for everyone. Maybe just hit our fancy that day. Mm-hmm. But a decent smoke. Decent smoke to try. It makes sense, right? I use the word decent. Then we have maybe a little bit lower than that, you know? Now we're getting into the... The subpar category. Now we're getting into where the descent people live. We're getting into the swamps. Yeah, now we're getting a little bit below surface, right? There's probably better options out there for you. Right. We'll just tell you that. Better options out there for you. You can smoke it based on this price. Yeah. To each their own. But you're probably you're better gambling. Stuff. What it essentially is like doing is fucking a prostitute with STDs. And my favorite. You're taking a chance. Yeah. And my favorite, which is the lowest category of how we might recommend a cigar to you, is simply this. And I've smoked plenty of these. Might as well smoke twigs and mud for free. <laughs> Have fun with your tree bark. Yeah. <laughs> and I've smoked a few. Smoke more than a few. And they exist. Now, what I want to say is the associated score that we give as a part of our process will fit into each one of those recommendations or not recommended categories. So we have ranges 
of the score that we associate. But what we really deem and what we really think is important and what we discussed for quite a long time was making sure that we can create action around a, what we say is a recommendation because I think an associated score is so subjective in terms of like, well, what does a 92 relate to? What, is it, what does that relate to? Does that mean, oh, this is exceptional? We don't have the same grading process as other publications, as other media sites. So what does that mean? Well, now those things are related to a category of which we say, hey, this is either top notch or it's a fucking fart in the wind and see you later, Gator. Yeah. We, so, and we have tiers. Which, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to right now and going forward, we're going to be creating the recommendation for you. If it's something that we feel we highly recommend, that's what we're going to state. If we think you're smoking fucking twigs and mud because it's a fucking piece of shit garbage pile, we're going to yeah. tell you. You're better off smoking twigs and mud. Yeah, man. And I, I think this is a time now where we introduce our new rating system that we're trying out. Fits yep. well. Yeah. Fits nice. Does yeah. it look good on me? Yeah, you're wearing a um, ghost-colored Band-Aid shirt. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Does it look good on you, though? Does it feel good on you? My Baca shirt? No, I think that's rating scale. Yeah. Feels, I reviewed it. Fits right, right? Yeah. Like, it looks good on you. Yeah. Looks real good on you. Whoever tailored that needs to be like get a fucking raise or yeah. a bonus or a tip yeah looks good on you <laughs> yeah yeah that rating scale looks good on you and so here's our new rating system for you i'm gonna break it down for you folks each cigar review is broken down into three main categories this shouldn't be any surprise to you construction burn and flavor to throw in a little extra kicker we see if the cigar is worth the price for a possible bonus or deduction and then finally we average out our individual scores Given you guys are kind of final recommendation. Right. You're not going to hear that score. In fact, no. I don't even like a number. Numbers, mm. what do they mean? They're for math nerds. Fuck them. Yeah. And who made math, by the way? Yeah. Who thought, like, let's create this system to where we have to count shit? God. So, God sucks. The universal language of the universe, Corey. <laughs> Numbers. The universal language of the universe. <laughs> Yes. I thought Braille was the universal or uh, sign language. Nope. Because I've also found out that there is dialects of sign language based on language. I feel like Lauren told me that one time. I was like, like, sign language is only universal language. She's like, I'm pretty sure there's like a Spanish sign language. I was like, how is that even possible? Yeah, there's different languages of sign language. It's fucking crazy. So before we get into this review, I thought it was interesting. So one of the things we're looking up. We yeah. went deep into the archives. Yeah. Why the fuck did Romacraft come out with a new cigar called Baca? Why did they come out with a new cigar, period? So what I want to say before you get into the, uh, yeah. the history around sure. the, the naming of sure. this particular yes. cigar is that previous to this, there hadn't been a blend made from Romacraft in over four years. Four years. That is nearly a decade. Yeah, it's very close to a decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's just say this. Considerable <laughs> period of time to not have a new release cigar. So why four years later and why the Baca? It is pretty interesting, Corey. And we dug deep into the archives and libraries of some of our most national historic treasures. And it didn't, it didn't, I didn't actually find any reference to what Baca means. 
until I visited the historical museum in New York City. And I found a book, a passage, written in Japanese, which I had to have actually translated by a Japanese person. (laughs) (laughs) Which I had to have translated (laughs) by a Colombian. Who took a Japanese as a second major. (laughs) That's fair. But have you ever heard of the story of U.S. Captain Nathan Algren in the battle at Omura's Railroads in Japan? Japan. (laughs) (laughs) Omura's Railroads in Japan. Did you say Japan? (laughs) Remember when you used to call Panama Panamana? (laughs) Yeah, I definitely had that moment right there, for sure. (laughs) But the... But the story of U.S. Captain Nathan Algren and the battle at Omura's Railroad in Japan in 1877. Have any of you heard of this? Have you heard of it, Corey? Mm-mm. I want to tell you a little bit something about this. Now, I think this is what this cigar is named after. Early in the training of peasants for the Japanese army, Captain Algren was informed that the samurai were attacking one of Omura's railroads. Omura a corrupt businessman from Japan, sent the army there despite Algren's protests that they were not ready. Needless to say, the battle was a disaster. The undisciplined conscripts were routed and Algren's old friend Grant was killed. Algren himself fought to the last before he was surrounded by an army of samurai. But before he was beheaded, the leader of the samurai, Katsumoto, raised his katana and uttered three words. Yunata Wabaka! Which stands for you damn fool. Mm. In Japanese. So I think Baka means fool. fool? Baka means fool. Do you think it means Japan? It definitely means <laughs> Japan. <laughs> but what I think is interesting about that passage from Katsumoto is that the name of the cigar from Romacraft, Baka, means fool. Maybe to incite, are we the fools who did not expect a new cigar from Romacraft? Or is it the cigar that is foolhardy to go against the social norm of cigars? I don't know. That's a question for Romacraft. Mm. Skip. But what I do know is that Baca means fool. Sit on that one. <laughs> Stewing that for a bit. <laughs> that was good, Chris. That was really good. I love the fact that you take seriously understand the history of these cigars. It's very important to me. Yeah, I can tell. You arguably spend more time doing that than you do anything else. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's get into the crux of it. This is the Baca by Romacraft. The Bantu. So, rapper type. Yeah, go for it. True African Cameroon. I love Cameroon. True African Cameroon, grown in Cameroon. Somebody definitely got their arm hacked off 
for fucking making this particular uh, tobacco leaf. Here's the, here's the crazy thing about this cigar. Unlike Romacraft, Unlike who is usually pretty open about disclosing the combinations of tobacco that they use in their cigars, the binder and the filler both come as undisclosed. I wonder. The only thing that we truly know about this cigar is that the wrapper is true African Cameroon. Which is expensive. We smoke this and the Bantu, right? Which I think is a 4x52. It's a little short pudgy. It's a short pudger. It's about as big as a Japanese erect penis. Right. Which is... Four inches. Not long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, These come at an MSRP price point of $9.25. Now, I will say this. In relation to price, this would make, categorically make this the most expensive especially given the Vitola Romacraft on the market. Now, this would essentially, obviously indicative of the fact that they're using true African Cameroon tobacco, which is very expensive, very pricey. I will say this. I had this in a smaller Vitola up in Columbus two weeks ago, and I paid $13.50 for it. Whoa! But because I couldn't get my hands on it, I said, fuck it, and I bought it. Um, Another Wabaka. And not the Wabaka. Bantu! 4 by 52 925 price point. Yeah. I want to make that in relation. Understand the size of the cigar itself is a 4 by 52 Also understand that African Cameroon is expensive tobacco to get. Now, let's get into the cigar. Chris, what did you think about the construction overall? I will say this before you get into it. Yeah. Fucking up a 4 by 52 seems nearly impossible. Yeah, you think. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. Here's what I'm gonna say: um, the construction on the baka, the fool. Do not treat them as the fool, for they are one that looks ready, and ready for anything. I'm just gonna do cryptic shit. This entire review, I've decided. But what I will say is this: this is a well kept fucking cigar. You know. If this was made in Japan, which I'm assuming it is, um, the amount of attention and attention to the culture and the cleanliness of what a Japanese home is, this cigar represents it. It's clean, bro. They keep their shit clean. Everything looks prep and proper. Right. It's amazing. Right. There's the attention to detail on how this was constructed and woven and rolled is impeccable with just a simplistic band on it a little bit of white a little bit of crimson red like my favorite katsumoto fucking samurai armor right. actually captain algren too he didn't die he actually lived but he wore red armor and it was gorgeous um he looked a lot like tom cruise um <laughs> But this was a fucking beautiful cigar for four inches. It was impeccable, bro. It was kind of a caramely kind of... It wasn't like a very dark, rich color. Yeah, definitely not. That Cameron's typically going to be lighter. But it was so gorgeous. It was so, like, dense. That milk chocolatey color. I don't know, man. Kind of satin finish. This was a fucking beautiful, beautiful cigar. I, th- I thought it was definitely something to look at, for sure. Yeah, man. 
to me, it kind of reminded me of a ginger that sat in the sun too long. Mm. It was kind of spotted and dotted a little bit. Oh, yeah. With a little bit of a reddish hue. Gotta wear that 30 SPF. I thought, to me, mine was very marbled in terms of its color. Mm -hmm. It almost looked like a fucking leopard. Did you have, like, these white pronounced veins? Like, usually it's the inverse of that notion. Right. Like, the veins are typically darker darker on the wrapper. I had lighter veins on this camera. I didn't take notice to it. I'm not saying that it it wasn't. Mine could have been albino, though. It's true. You never know when you're going to get an albino Cameroon wrapper. That's true. Um, I thought it was unique. I will say this. Very well constructed. And again, I said it almost rhetorically, but it's very difficult to fuck up a cigar that's a 4x52. Yeah. You know, I, I've fucked up making cigars at a 5x50. And it was my first time doing it, and they still were pretty decent. So it's really difficult to yeah. fuck up. And I don't know how hard Cameroon is to work with. I will say this is obviously not the thickest wrapper type, so I don't want to say it's the most durable. But it also is not really indicative of what you would see in like a Connecticut shade, where it, the, the pliability of the tobacco, it's a little bit more... Um, I think you have to be a little bit more cautious with how you work the tobacco. Yeah. I don't know if it's to that degree either. I think it probably errs closer to that, but it seems like it does have a durability to it that you typically wouldn't see in a lot of lighter shade wrappers. Certainly, again, not on the same playing field as something that is, um, you know, like a Connecticut broadleaf or a Pennsylvania broadleaf or a um, a Mexican San Andreas. Yeah, a proud, adorned armor, right, ready for battle. Right. Agreed. Not chainmail. Nope. But also not cloth. Definitely not. Um, thought the, the construction on the cigar was awesome. Impeccable. Yeah. Very, very, very nice. Very Impeccable. well made. Yeah. What did you think about the burn? I was going to ask you what you thought about the burn. I thought it was fucking great. Mm. Again, stating the fact that a 4x52 is hard to fuck up, even from a smoking perspective, you have less of a cigar to smoke. So really, just by... Just by percentages alone, yeah. you have less of fucking issues that you're going to deal with in something that is um, at this particular size. This cigar smoked great. It was great smoke production, great burn line. I actually paid really close attention to the burn line on this. One thing that some, you know what, not even, you know what, no, I'm not even going to say it. It's not a thin Vitola. It's a 52, so it's a thicker ring gauge. It's just a shorter cigar. Literally, if you're make if this particular Vitola shouldn't have any fucking issues. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I agree with that. Corey. And it didn't. The burn was awesome. Yeah, I agree with great. that. The thing I'll notice about the ash though, it's a really light ash. So I'm convinced. Maybe it's my speculation. Maybe it's my naivety. Maybe I'm a fucking cigar idiot. Maybe I'm the fool. Maybe I'm the baka. It's possible. It is possible. But I will say, based on Probably the likely. light, peppery-looking ash, I'm convinced this still has some Nicaraguan in the filler. Mm. Still fucking convinced. And it, probably, I, would, I would say that it does. Yeah, I mean, it's Nicosueño, right? But I will say this. I agree with you, Corey. This was a cigar that was an easy one-two puffer. Based on its Vitola, its ring gauge, and its length, this produces smoke so easily, 
like it takes little to no effort to get us a, a full shot in your mouth. You know? A full shot. You know? One one good suck, two good sucks. <laughs> Big full mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> You have to forgive me. Corey has a dirty mind. <laughs> you said it. I didn't say shit. But that said, man, I got to be, I got to agree with you, man. The burn yeah, was burn impeccable. Was awesome. It burns so evenly. It, it burns so consistently. Consistently. The thing is, we did a whole test. We do the whole test still. It's important. It's very important. I know it's four inches, but you still got fun with it. I actually did a longer one with this one. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I smoked it. No, sorry. I'm thinking of the other one that I smoked, oh. which I didn't review. The longer one. I smoked, I smoked a Baca back-to-back on back-to-back days. Oh, shit. I okay. fucking had one. Yeah. yeah. And I smoked one back-to-back days. You gotta, you gotta fill your mouth. I was mouth like, I gotta fucking do that. You gotta put it in your mouth. So I was thinking about the first one I smoked, which is not the same Vitola, so it's not fair to say. But what I was going to say was, incidentally... That yeah. one was a little long-lasting because I was actually in the middle of doing something. You did a threesome was, with a baka? It was like a 10-minute. Yeah, oh, shit. Yeah, like, this, I'll say this, man. It's like, here's what I'll say. It's like, it's a short smoke. It's a good Vitol. It's a good ring, ring gauge. I yeah. did it pass the five-minute whole test. Of course it did. Yeah. No yeah, fucking yeah. issues, man. No problems. What do you think about no flavor, problems. though? Dude, so what I like about this cigar. Yeah. Is that it has nothing to do with and no similarities or comparison, in my opinion, to any other previous, previous Remacraft. So you have the Cro-Magnon, you have the Intemperance, you have the Neanderthal, you've got... Um, Wonderlust. Yeah, Wonderlust. You've got the Aquitaine line. And there's always some derived similarities between them, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. They are all fundamentally different. But they do have some striking similarities, which I think is a good thing. I like the fact that it has some sort of brand consistency and flavor consistency overall. I really appreciate that about Romacraft because the cigars are so good, you want them all to be good. Yeah. This is such a far departure from anything that was created before, in my opinion. I agree. Flavor-wise. So what do we know about Romacraft and the previous versions and the previous lines that they've released? They are stout. They are thick. They are rich. They will make you vomit if you smoke too many of them. That's true. That does happen. We've talked about it. We know it's a reality. Yes, We like the smoke, but we know what it is. It's bold. It's pungent. It's in your face. It fucks your mouth. You suck on it too long, and you get too much of a mouthful, you might vomit. You might vomit. What I think is crazy about the Baca is it is not any of that at all. Literally the furthest thing away from being in your face, bold, pungent, kicky in the dick, make you throw up. It isn't that. This cigar is mild. It's sensible. Yeah. It's well thought out. It's just what it is. Let's think about it this way. I'm going to use this really piss poor analogy. You come from a family of wrestlers, mm. but you're the one kid in the family that doesn't identify with wrestling. Mm, yeah. You've got the wild brother, you've got the wild sister, you have the wild father, but you, yeah. you're just a calm, collected kid. You're just a kid living his life, maybe a computer nerd, maybe a video game geek, 
Yeah. The wrestling life isn't for you. The tough and rumble life of being a professional wrestler isn't in your wheelhouse. Yeah. You're more of a peaceful person. Yeah. You're more of a refined kid. For sure. You're more calm. That's what the Baca is. The Baca is the calm sibling in a world and a family of fucking super wrestlers. It's the, it's, the, it's the ugly duckling, but in the best way possible. Yes. It just isn't like the others, and I think that's what I like about it. So out of the gates, it does have kind of that subtle spice. I, I do agree with you that there's got to be a Nicaraguan component in here, but I'm sure someone would be like, there's not. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. Um, so it does have some of that subtle spice. It's kind of like tingles your lips a little bit. Totally. And there's a tanginess that kind of comes into effect, I think, early on in the cigar. But it's really fucking balanced, creamy and sweet. Like, I don't know. It's so weird to me. It, I was thinking about it. I was actually thinking about this the other day because I started – I, I was I've been making a concerted effort to smoke um, certain regions of tobacco, certain kinds of tobacco. Yeah, because I felt myself getting into this weird trend of smoking these Nicaraguan filled, Connecticut broadleaf wrapped. Yeah, I I kept finding myself fucking smoking similar profiles of cigars over and over again, and there was a point where I was like, God, am I blowing out my palate? I need to take a fucking break. <clears throat> yeah. And then I was telling you the other night I smoked a cigar vastly different than all these other cigars that I've just, for whatever reason, have smoked recently and got into this weird fucking rabbit hole. And I smoked this other cigar that took me out of that hole. And I was like, oh, that's what it's like to fucking smoke something completely different again. Um, This is that. This is kind of that departure from this normalcy that I've just been smoking kind of some of the similar stuff over and over. Different brands, similar shit. Where it's like one just kind of stacked on top of the other, like a fucking nice, clean pallet tower. Yeah. And I just needed something different. And I was really excited when I smoked this cigar because it was something so fucking different than anything else I'd smoked. Not only just out in the ether of cigars, but in Romacraft. It just isn't like its older siblings. Which I think is what I appreciate about it more. It's very sensible. It's a very refined cigar. I like that it's more mild in nature in comparison to the older siblings. It's calm, cool, and collected. It's a fucking enjoyable smoke that's just vastly different from anything they've created. I am so abaca. I am so abaca for thinking that this cigar, uh, you know, was going to be the same old Roma Craft game. I'm such a fool. I'm such a baka. Corey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my same notes for this actual flavor, which lines up with yours to the T. Oh, that's creepy. Bitter with spices with a tinge of creamy sweetness on the draw. Overall, that's speaking. Now, I went as far as to say that there was a gingerbread component. Was there a gingerbread component? Probably not, but it felt like Christmas in my mouth. Yeah, I like those uh, those weird spices that you can get. You know, there's a lot of that in Honduran tobacco that I really enjoy. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I enjoy Honduran tobacco and Honduran puras as much yeah. as I do. Yeah. Side note is because it has a lot of those flavors. Yeah, dude. And the thing is, is, is the there was an actual peppery component to the cigar, which always lingered. 
was never overly predominant like I might have gotten with some of the other lineups in the Roma Craft brands. And the thing is, is I got the same tingliness. Yeah, it was weird. On the tongue, on heavy draws. If I took a heavy draw. Dude, when I first smoked it, I was like, what the fuck is happening? It, may, it literally felt. Have you ever gone to a theme park? There's a theme park around us called King's Island. All right. And there's a little game that no one goes to in between the Flight of Fear and the Scrambler. Called Lick This Metal. <laughs> yeah. That is literally a, an electric shock thing. Close. I was close. That is Fester from the Adams Family. Grab this metal. And you got to grab it. And you got to hold on to it while it vibrates at such an intensity. You think you're being shocked. The feeling I got on my tongue was so similar to me holding that fucking joystick. <laughs> where you're just like shaking so goddamn hard. You're like thinking you're getting electrocuted. Was the same sensation yeah. I got on the middle of my tongue when I took a heavy draw. There's very cigar- few cigars that do that. I've, I've noticed that with some Nicaraguan blends. I've noticed that with Nicarag- you know, like Dominican blends. But I got it on this one, too. And I'm like, you know what? For not being as spicy as I thought it was going to be, I still got that. And maybe the, that's the nicotine. Maybe not. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't feel like the nicotine was that heavy on this cigar, though. No, 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 no. So not like, anything like previous cigars. So now, like, that may have differed, though, in a larger Vitola. We don't know. Yeah, but like... It was, an, it was an anomaly. Yeah. Do you play me as the Baca? Because I don't understand how this thing works. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm getting yeah. the tingliness, and usually that's attributed to, like, heavy spice or, like, strong nicotine. You know, like, my face is going fucking numb. Yeah. But I didn't feel like the nicotine was overpowering at no, all. It's definitely not indicative of most Roma Craft cigars. But this cigar smooths out so much after the first several few hits. Or- you know the, the worst part about this cigar? This one in particular is it's only four inches. I know. It's like right when you're getting to the point where you're like, God, I could smoke this all night, and yeah. it ends. I know. Very frustrating. But it opens up to some creaminess at the end. It's just like, man, it's such a smooth cigar, but the spice is still there. I don't know, man. I loved it. It was like it was like Roma Craft graduated from middle school to high school. You're like, dude, you're doing it. You're you're farther than the rest of your family. You're the first one to go to high school. Yeah, I mean, they literally named a cigar Neanderthal. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying, <laughs> dude. I just I don't know what the about the flavor. The flavor was amazing. And it was such a nice, it was such a nice experience to go like, yep, I know it took four years. I was impatient, but I'm glad you did something different than you did before. Yeah. Yeah. The only struggle now is how do you get a hold of them, right? I thought when I saw it on the shelves, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, this must be a mistake. Yeah. It must be a mistake. This shouldn't be sitting on the shelf right now. I'm glad it was. I'm actually probably going to go back and buy more if they still have them, which I assume they will. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think the only downside is, is I know it's difficult to get your hands on that African Cameroon tobacco, as Danny stated on a few episodes ago when we had him on. So production is limited, and I don't know, actually, you know what, they probably should have known there was going to be a lot of fanfare around this, but I think you can't anticipate that crop growth and your accessibility to um, the tobacco that you need to use to craft these cigars. 
So I understand that there's a balance and there's a challenge there. I just think they're so in high demand that it's like, hey, make another fucking thousand boxes. You'll be just fine. You're, you're going to sell them no problem because yeah. not only if everybody had been waiting for such a long period of time to have a new cigar from Romercraft, this just happens to be one that's really fucking good and way different than anything else they've produced. The question we have to ask ourselves now, though, Corey, yeah. is the question of whether or not this 4x50 to this 4-inch Japanese donger yeah, is worth the price. Is worth $10, $11, maybe even as high as $13. Ugh. Yeah, that was a struggle. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that Where you went. Yeah, that was a struggle. I probably won't do that again. The question is, is it worth the price? My personal opinion is this. I know it's short, but it always left me wanting more. Yeah. It was an hour smoke, but it was like, if I could smoke another one back to back, I fucking for sure would. Right. I personally feel at a $10 average price point, this cigar is the appropriate price for the experience you get from a Romacraft cigar. Yeah. I will say it is, from a price perspective, as I would mentioned earlier, elevated over its older siblings. Yeah. Um, essentially due to the fact that that particular crop used for the wrapper, being the African Cameroon, is just more expensive. Not understanding what is in the binder and filler don't really have anything to expound upon in terms of the components used and what, you know, would, necessi- would necessitate an appropriate price. Just don't know. Honestly, don't care. I agree with Chris in assessing this cigar for what it is and saying that for a 4 by 52 at a $9.25 price point, it's a pretty damn good cigar. And the fact that it's so ridiculously different than anything Romacraft has created previous to this makes me like it even more. So I do agree that I think from a pricing perspective, had it not been Romacraft, had it been like uh, somebody I'm not as excited about to smoke that created a similar Vitola, I'd probably say not worth it, mm-hmm. um, especially for like the price that I paid it for up in Columbus. That's rough. It I would have very qu- rough. If that was the average price, I'd be like, oh, it's yeah, not then, worth definitely it. Definitely not worth it. Yeah. Um, but at nine twenty five, man, it's a fucking. I'd buy. I would buy it at this price all day long. I think it's very appropriate. I would too. Even for a short Vitola, I would too. Because really. If you smoked an 8x52, stack these two together, you're mm. paying $18 for it. Yeah. Dude, I know $18 cigars ain't that fucking good. Yeah, I for agree. a 6x52. I smoked two of them this week. So there you go. Yeah, I agree That's with the that. math I'm going to use. So, great construction, fucking great burn, great flavor. I need you to mouth to me. Right your actual breakdown of it so that I know what to do with it. Okay. Based on our scoring, folks, whether or not that's the hot ticket, maybe it's highly recommended. Decent smoke to try. There's better option out there for you. Or might as well smoke twigs and mud for free. <laughs> this cigar, the Roma Craft, Baca, Bantu, a 4 by 52 Guys, 
I'm going to be real with you. This is a highly recommended cigar. Yes. By far. Hey, it's a highly recommended cigar that you can't get your hands on. Yeah. That's the tricky part. Yeah. That is really the tricky part. Yeah. You know? I made sure that when I found that I text Danny, I was like, oh, I finally got one on my own. I was like, I got it in Columbus. He's like, see, it's not that bad. I was like, literally, this place is an hour and 40 minutes from where I live. <laughs> that is a drive to get a cigar. Yeah, it was a hike to fucking procure this particular cigar. Can I tell you what mine was? At 1350 or whatever it this was. This is what mine was. Whoa. I know. It was right up my alley, man. Damn. That's yeah. crazy. But this is a highly recommended cigar, folks. You're dealing with about an hour smoke, 45 minutes if you're a fast chugger. If you like to really put that in your mouth and suck for a good fast pace, you just want to make sure that you do it in a timely manner that you're like getting a quickie out. Right. Like This cigar is 45 minutes if you're doing a quickie. I would say this, though. Because the flavors are the way that they are, and I think because the cigar is so different from not only things that I've smoked in the marketplace as a whole, yeah. but just in consideration of Romacraft, I would say take your time with the cigar. Don't rush it. Don't get it too hot. I would say slow your roll. Enjoy this cigar. Honestly, this is a cigar that I'd very much enjoy in solitude. If you, I want to be there with myself and the cigar and nobody else. There's yeah. cigars that are appropriate for community and socialization. This cigar is one that you want to take it all in by yourself. Digest it in a singular fashion. Don't worry about the hubbub around you. If you rush this one, you will be a nanata wabaka. Do you understand what I'm saying? You'll be the fool. I'm teaching you Japanese as well as calling you a fucking fool. It's true. Do not rush this cigar. I agree. I would enjoy it. it. I know it's four inches. But to understand that it's not about how fast you pump. It's about making sure that the ride is good. You know? That's true. You know? Get in a rhythm. Take your time. Get in a rhyme. You know? You want to make this slow and enjoyable. It's bobsled time. <laughs> yeah. Just go slow with it. You know? This isn't a race. Am I racing you? No. You're not racing me, are you? No. Yeah. Who's at a race? Not about that race life, dude. I'm 32. What is this? Competition? Fucking take your time. Take your time for sure. Take your time. Oh, all right. Well, man, I'm glad. So I'm glad we're back in the studio and not somewhere else. I I like this better. It does Um, feel better, doesn't it? I just don't want to do any more Zooms. I I just don't want to. I find myself just sitting back enjoying the conversation i'm the fly on the wall yeah it's annoying that i have to do all the work i mean i i interject with some relatively decent questions but not to the extent of you're a very good interviewer i just don't care (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fair like you talk to me i'll talk to you but i'm not gonna go down a deep rabbit hole of like questions and shit no, all for, for me, it's just a striking curiosity, honestly. So, yeah, so you can check out uh, last week's episode, which was the creators of the hand-rolled documentary. And if you haven't seen it, please go see it. It's Just search for it on Amazon if you have Prime. 
go search for the hand-rolled documentary. It's not yeah. very expensive. It's like three forty-nine or some shit for like 48 hours. Um, it's definitely worth a watch if you love cigars. If you're not a huge cigar person, I've already stated this before, it is such a well-done documentary. Considering all documentaries I've seen, it's one of the yeah. most well-done ones that I've seen, minus some of the really incredible animal ones, which are only cool because like the footage life. is so good. Like life? Right. Yeah, like dude. life. So those are the only, like, but I would say in relation to, like, good documentaries, this one is fucking awesome because it's real, and that's what I love about it. And it's so well done, man. Just, like, the, the cinematography of it is so good. Um, super yeah. impressive. And uh, Jesse and Steve, both awesome guests for the podcast. I greatly appreciate having them on. It was really cool to have them uh, take time out of their day to, to talk to us. Um, what yeah. else? Um, we just got our new cigar packs. So I, they've been featured on this desk. Just got this today. For my cigar pack, which is going to be the July edition, I'm they're not even open. They're still sealed. I'm going to open them afterwards. I actually think I'm going to do... Still right now. I think I'm going to do... No, I'm going to do a video. Oh, okay. I'm going to do like a surprise video of like what's in it because I think I know what's in it, but I think I'm just going to do like a quick video, just un, an unleashing of each one of these. Yeah. Um, Just to show everybody what's in it and just throw it up on YouTube. But um, yeah... My Cigar Pack, uh, you can visit My Cigar Pack, show sponsor at www.mycigarpack.com. And for percentage off your first order. But not a percentage, just $10. Well, it could be a, it's technically a percentage. I don't know the math, but I know <laughs> right. that it's, it's, it's 10 off, so that's probably, I don't know, 20, 20 something percent. I don't it's know. It's like 25%. Yeah, some, some off yeah. of it. Based on the math, I'm not. A, I mean, I'm good at math, but I don't remember math, and that's probably questionable right. at this point. Sure. But all I'll say is, this, enter hot. You know, enter the code hot ten at checkout, and you'll save ten dollars on your first order. Right. Like, why wouldn't you just fucking try it out? If you haven't tried it, just do it. You're the, saving ten dollars. And I will tell you this: we are starting to see some COVID spikes again. So getting to your B and M may be a challenge. And these Having a fucking monthly subscription totally makes sense, and this is a good one to get. I know the July pack's good because I do have a list of what was supposed to be included in it. Yeah. So I'm going to open these bad boys up and check, but and, uh, super and, stoked. And if you're concerned about the nature of COVID, these cigars have been tested for COVID. They yep. did a cough test, and they did like a, a, a nose swab test on these cigars. These have all come back negative. So you don't have to worry about getting COVID from these cigars. We're positive they're negative. They're positive they're negative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a battery. Um, I will also say this. Please check out our website, www.hotticketweekly.com, where you can see our recent episode in video form. You can listen to a podcast form. You can also see all the reviews that we've done. You can see industry news, all included on the website, www.hotticketweekly.com. Yeah. All right. It's so official when we have a website. Yeah, it is. We feel like a company. Yeah. You ever feel like a company that makes no money? No, makes no money. But you just like hemorrhages money. You feel like a company. Yeah, you feel legit. Um, cheers to a Friday. Yeah, Friday. This episode one fifty eight, which is awesome. We won't have an episode the next week. No, because Corey is going to get covid and he yep. needs that week off yes. to recover yeah yeah i've uh i've already contracted with a covid patient yep 
to uh, He's rub. Make sure he gets to, it. To to literally drip their snot mm-hmm. inside my mouth. Yep. So I am sure to contract it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my incubation period to just get it and to it's, get over it. It's a controlled. Yeah, it's controlled. exposure to virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very controlled. Um, I will have medical assistance and guidance at all times just to make sure that things don't get out of control. So I, I will have in-house medical assistance for a period of a week. But I didn't want to let you know, guys, no, it doesn't make sense for me to expose Chris um, to the COVID-19 virus um, involuntarily. So No, and I will be actually in the process of figuring out a game plan to deal with dragons and sub, uh, subsurface species. Right. So descent beings. We're both we're both battling real issues here. Essentially. It's all about survival. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, cheers to an episode 158. We'll be back at you guys in two weeks. Gonna take a healthy week off. We'll be back at you in two weeks with episode 159. Yeah. See everyone. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Let me tell you how you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of myself at the hot ticket pod on instagram you can get a hold of chris at hot ticket chris on instagram as well you can find this podcast it is available all over the place you can find it on apple music spotify google podcast stitcher and more and you can find the podcast available on video on youtube look up the hot ticket weekly on youtube and you can watch all the fun happen before your eyes Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode. And as always, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes if you could. And check out our show sponsor, My Cigar Pack, at www.mycigarpack.com. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back at you next week.